Welcome to the Brantford Public Library's Juicebox Book Talks, the podcast where we talk about the magical world of Kidlet from the closed stacks of the library. I'm Leanna. And I'm Laura. We are two Library 11 programmers in the Child and Youth Department with a passion for children's literature. In each episode, we discuss a book we've read together as a buddy read, and then we choose a variety of titles for different ages based upon a specific theme. We will explore books, spoiler free, available at the library in print and digital format, which include audiobooks, picture books, junior fiction, nonfiction, and graphic novels. So find your favorite book nook, get comfy, and let's get started. How are you? I'm so excited to do this. I feel like every time we go to sit down to record, it's been years, but it hasn't been years, but it feels like a really long time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So today we're going to talk about Freedom to Read Week. Freedom to Read Week banned books. So this is a hot topic. This is something that I certainly love to discuss Mm -hmm. with my friends, my family, like anyone who will listen to me, I like talking about this subject because Freedom yes. to Read Week is, it's a popular um, week in February. February. It runs the third week of February that encourages us to reflect and think about our commitment to intellectual freedom. So I guess maybe just to preface everything we're going to talk about, we should, we're obviously coming from a library standpoint. Correct. So I should mention that the Brantford Public Library's policy on intellectual freedom is as follows. It is the responsibility of libraries to guarantee and facilitate access to all expressions of knowledge and intellectual activity including those which some elements of society may consider being unconventional, unpopular, or unacceptable. So Mm. what do you think of that, Laura? It's a tricky subject. It is a tricky subject. (laughs) And I think we should also mention that it's okay if you don't want to read books that have been challenged or banned. Of course. Not every reader is different. And you have every right to decide... That's what intellectual freedom is, is is deciding what you want to read. And if you're a teacher or a parent and you don't um, want to bring that home or bring that to the classroom, that's okay too. What we want to talk about is some of the books that have historically and currently been challenged Mm. or banned and discuss how, while it's okay for you to decide not to read that, it's not the best thing to decide that a whole community can't read Exactly. Yeah. So let's jump in because I think this is going to be an interesting discussion. So let's talk about our buddy read because... Which we we kind of like ended off on in our last episode was talking, mentioning this book actually because the film adaptation is coming out in April. Right. So this book was actually banned, not just challenged. It was published in 1970. For being too... What was some of the reasons? Uh, it was just... I think it was too honest, wasn't it? Too real to let... Too realistic. Too realistic for... Especially for young girls to put their get their hands on. Okay. Yeah. So this, the book is... Judy Bloom's Are You There, God? It's Me, it's Margaret. Me Margaret. Have you heard of it? You've heard of it? <laughs> <laughs> I love this book. I really do. And I will confess, you know what's funny? I actually didn't read this book as a teenager. I didn't actually read it till I was in my 20s mm. the first time. And I, I loved it then. And then I just reread it. And I like I still love it. So, so I definitely read it as a tween, mm-hmm. teen. But I also thought 
it was published in the 80s. Like, I was surprised right. yep. when I re-read it yep. for the podcast that it was published in 1970. Mm-hmm. That, was, that, was a, that was a few minutes ago. That's even, like, that's, that's yeah. only older than me. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Which is saying something. Yep. So, this book, okay, why don't... Laura, this is one of your favorite books. So why it don't you is. talk about so what it was, it's about? Like we said, it was published in 1970. It remains one of the most challenged or banned children's books of the past five plus decades. Um, it's about this girl named Margaret and she's turning 12 years old and she's 12 years old and things are happening. So the book deals with diff- a lot of different topics. It deals with religion, puberty, bras, breasts, periods, boys, peer pressure, rumors, judging, pornography, family relationships, moving to new house, school challenges. Like it's just, I mean, it's a little dated in terms of like what they talk about then, but it's still relatable, I think anyway. So yeah, like I, I love this book. I just love it. I think it's great. I think that like, you know, if you have, you're a parent of a daughter or, or son, whatever, um, I think it's a really good book to, for them to read. Like it's, it's an honest experience about what like a 12 year old girl in 1970 or even now would be going through. So, yeah. Well, as the mother of a 12 year old girl, right. I can tell you, um, all these topics are still prevalent. Yeah. They're still real. And I think the idea of trying to avoid young girls to read stuff that they actually go through just makes it harder Mm -hmm. to, for them to learn and for them to go through it because they become embarrassed about things. They have no outlet to discuss it. Yeah. And I know when it comes to female reproduction and menstruation, like these are, these are topics where everyone, oh, that like, you're not supposed to get nervous or get all red talking about it like right. so young girls who are actually going through it yeah should be able to discuss it so yep. trying to avoid the subject altogether by doesn't removing it, a book yeah. doesn't make girls not not ovulate straight yeah <laughs> so i don't see how i don't see the correlation there yeah. so and the religious aspect i thought it was so because i forgot about that part of the book mm. how her mom is Catholic and her dad is Jewish or is it the other way around? Dad's Jewish. Mom is some sort, I can't remember if it's Protestant or whatever anyway, but mom and dad both choose. So that was a big thing. The parents didn't like that they were marrying each other because they were of the same faith at the time. And then of course the parents decided they didn't want to practice any faith, especially when they were raising Margaret. So Margaret doesn't know what to do. So she talks to God, mm-hmm. like she'll talk to God because she's like, are you there? Like I need some guidance here. So and I also love what I love about the book too, is the relationship with her grandmother, the intergenerational, which is like really great too. There was just so much mm-hmm. to take from this. Yeah, and those sure. relationships mm-hmm. with her family and her friends are just so like, it's a coming of age story. Absolutely. And so many kids could read this and relate. Yeah. So why would you want to not like, even if it's historical fiction. Really. Even it, it is, yes, it is historical fiction because it was published before I was born. Yes, <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. And I love that it it's had sort of like a resurgence. And it's going to big time, right? And then I, for sure. And I mean, I love, like I was reading some articles and like Judy Bloom said that when she published the book, she wrote the book, she had daughters who were of that age. And that's why she wrote the book. And she donated copies of the book to the school library. And the male principal said he removed the book from the library and he said you know girls in sixth grade are too young to read about this we can't have these books in our library yeah come on 
Yeah, so. well, it's 2023, and it's still being challenged. There you and go. People are still uncomfortable, but we're yeah. here to say that um, you should check it out. Like, especially if you have a, a young daughter or the young young students. Yeah. Like, it's so it's relevant. A it's, it's a good, good one. one. It's yep. awesome. Yep. Are You There, God? It's me, Margaret. By Judy Bloom. I mean, so I'm going to piggyback off of Margaret, because that was a perfect coming-of-age story. And my next two are both coming-of-age, and they're actually both set in the world of grade seven. So we're Mm. firmly in middle school. And these two books, I mean, I'm looking at the covers and I'm just shaking my head because I'm like, of course these are challenged and people want to ban them. So the first one is Alex. I mean, Alex Gino is everywhere because people are uncomfortable with this person and I love him and I love them. And I think they're a great, great author. Mm -hmm. You will know the name because we've talked about George, which has now been renamed Melissa, Melissa because yep. George is Melissa's dead name. And um, if you didn't listen to that podcast where we discussed George, you should definitely give it a listen mm-hmm. because that's a great book to learn about the transgender experience right? Um, through the eyes of a young kid. Right. So Alice Austin Lived Here is the most recent one. And this one deals with two non-binary students who are working on a project and they want to do a project on someone that is not just someone in history that's not just a white male right so alice austin from the title is actually an american photographer and our main character learns about her and her partner gertrude not to be mistaken for the other alice and gertrude pair which i also learned about today or recently because I was like, oh, this is another Alice, not Alice B. Tolkis. <laughs> Obviously, it's Alice Austin right. and not Gertrude Stein. I can't remember the name of the other Gertrude. Um, so, like I mentioned, they're non binary and they're just learning about people like them. This mm-hmm. is own voices. They want to learn and read about things that relate to them. And they're not just straight white girls or boys right so that's obviously a hot topic and people are like well no i'm i'm uncomfortable with lg lgbtqia plus content so mm-hmm. in order for me to be comfortable i need to remove this book from the library from everyone <laughs> from everyone so the whole community, nobody can read that because that doesn't resonate with me mm-hmm. so if that's not my life which is so sad like i know how who am I to say only what I go through is what should be on the page? Right. Right? Yep. So the other one that kind of relates to Alex Gino's is one of our favorite authors, Raina Telgemeier. Yep. And I mean, please put a Raina book on a band books list is just, okay, make, let's make her more popular. <laughs> I, well, and that's just it, right? You're just going to boost sales, but which is. But whatever. So the yeah. one so the one that kept popping up when I was doing my research was drama. And this one, despite like I knew Smile and Ghosts and and um Sisters, like that yeah. series. Yeah, yeah. I hadn't read drama yet, so I was excited to like jump into it. And it's great. It's about a young girl who like I mentioned, she's in grade seven and she's working on her school play. She's a part of the stage crew. And there's a character who, it's grade seven, he's questioning his identity, 
and you know there is a gay character there is like a kissing scene at the beginning mm-hmm. you know what friends <laughs> it's grade, grade seven. seven i mean these kids are growing up um we can't avoid it so yeah. i mean this one was challenged um but there's so much more to it oh, of course than that fact there's right. just the friendships that are formed how the kids navigate these friendships and the challenges they face while in, like there's just there's just so much um, angst, but it's also upbeat and it ends on a happy note. Like I really loved how she was so invested in musical theater mm-hmm. and drama, and that's what she wants to do as a career. Like, and I'm like, yep. why wouldn't you want kids to read this story? It was yeah. a great. It's a great. It's probably one of my favorite graphic novels of Reina's, um, but because of that LGBTQIA content some people are like no we have to take that out yeah so there you go i I mean you don't have to read it nope but i i would recommend it and we certainly have it here at the library if you want to borrow it yeah so though so my two picks were Raina telgemeier's drama and then alex gino's alice austin lived here so i'm gonna springboard off of your lgbtqia plus platform you got and it. I'm gonna I know, it's hard and I, I'm like not I have I get tongue twisted all the time anyway so my picture book is Entangle Makes Three by Justin Richardson and Peter Parnell illustrated by Henry Cole so Entangle Makes Three is a really sweet story published in 2005 it was a multi-award winner um but ALA reported that Tango Makes Three was the most frequently challenged book from 2006 to 2010 the most frequently challenged book so what's it about it's at New York City Central Zoo two male penguins parent an egg and start a family the book is based on the true story of Roy and Silo, two male chinstrap penguins who formed a pair bond in New York City Central Park Zoo. Um, the story is about these two penguins who are male penguins. They, you know, take care of the egg. If you ever watched um, the March of the Penguins, and you know that they take care of the egg. So, but the story ends by reiterating that Roy, Silo, and Tango are a happy family, and that families can look different. Um, it was originally published in hardcover and the book was published in a 10th anniversary edition. I should say this as a board book, ebook, and paperback with a CD audiobook in 2015 narrated by dun, 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 Neil Patrick Harris. I did who, not know that. I didn't either till I, cause I've never done the audio for it. Oh. Right. And I, of I really like did. Neil Patrick Harris as an, mm-hmm. an audiobook air narrator. He's fantastic. So, I mean, there you go. Like the book is it is what it is. It's this true story. And I don't think that, I mean, it doesn't, it just focuses on this little family unit of three penguins, really. So, um, and the illustrations are, of course, super sweet by Henry Cole. I just love it all the way through. So that's in Tango Makes Three. I most love that. challenged. Most I frequently challenged. When was it published? 2005. 2005. I love that picture book. Yeah. I think I... When my daughter was in kindergarten, I used to, like, SKJK, mm. those those years, her teachers would frequently ask for picture books mm. to borrow. And I would pick alternative families. Right. And and they used, they did yeah. use them. Yep. But what what is so upsetting about trying to challenge a picture book is that you're teaching little kids that there's only one way to have a family. And I know in my community, my neighborhood, that it's not all 
male, female. Like, there's no. other, there's other, like, like, other iterations. Our world is changing. Oh, That's the thing. It is. Our it world is. is changing in terms of, like, so many different things. Like, I mean, just look around how diverse our, just the community of Brantford itself is now. So, yeah. 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 I love yeah. that picture book. That's a great. It's really sweet. Yeah, really sweet. So, yeah. That's a good choice. Yeah, thanks. The next two picks I have again are a bit older so mm-hmm. roll of thunder hear my cry by mildred d taylor did you ever read this laura no i haven't ever no. okay so this book was published in 1976 and i was absolutely shocked that i have never, never read even, it i so the cover the anniversary edition we have with the foreword by um jacqueline woodson, woodson. okay yeah which was amazing i highly recommend checking that out um the cover i recognized but i started to read it and i was like this is a lot older again i just think everything if it's quote old Old. (laughs) was like 80 like 80s or 90s but this one is like 1976 i feel like it should be on school curriculums to Mm. learn about history so roll of thunder hear my cry and then my picture book kadir nelson's um, he illustrated this picture book, Henry's Freedom Box by Ellen Levine. They both are frequently challenged and banned mm-hmm. because of the historical element. Right. So we're talking about racism. Yep. We're talking about slavery. Both stories perfectly capture a history that I certainly don't want to whitewash. So why you would want to remove right. it is shocking to me. These are stories about people just trying to survive in mm-hmm. a time where being black was detrimental. They had to be quiet. They had to just abide by whatever rules. Right. They couldn't argue against anything or how they were being treated. In Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry, um, like I mentioned, Jacqueline Woodson writes the foreword, and she talks about how it was one of her favorite books growing up because she saw herself in the pages. Yes, exactly. And I get chills just thinking about that because mm-hmm. I think of all the books I read growing up, everyone was white. Like, mm-hmm. I was just this white girl. Like, uh, like whatever. I, I could relate to all the stories. Yeah. But, um, but she couldn't. And this one mm-hmm. was very important to her and her upbringing. And the story follows... Um, a family living in the American South during Jim Crow. So this is the 1930s. And the story, like it is a part of a series, which I learned. I think it's part of the Logan family series. And this is number two, but I believe each title is a standalone. Right. So it feels like there's not, there's not really a major plot to the story. There's just a lot of different things that happen throughout that sort of, that, revolve around racism and how they're treated and something that really stuck out to me was how Cassie the main character she starts school with her siblings and they all receive textbooks and her younger brother is looking through his textbook and it's really ratty and like the pages are falling out and it's dirty and he looks in the front cover and he sees you know 10 years of dates and it says it and he figures out that every single person that had it before him was white mm. and then once it got to him they d- identify him as a negro mm. and it's all ratty and dirty and he's right. like and he's young and he's like putting it together like oh right. i guess now this book is good enough for me now right 
it was just it was just such a heartbreaking scene and there's a lot of um there was a scene that reminded me of like the Emmett Till story right because she's harassed by a white girl in a store and they yep. sort of boycott this family white family right. store because they're just they're treated very very poorly yep. and anyways I won't get any more into that but I think the fact that we would want to remove this history that is real yep is just absolutely shocking. So anyway, I, I think I think it was a great story for myself to learn about history. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's the it's like an essential key to humanity to learn right. about these history and try to change how we are now and well, in yeah, the, and we in can't the rewrite the past. That's the thing. So we got to learn from it. Right, and <laughs> I I will mention Henry's Freedom Box is really a, is a true story based on Henry Box. Um, and the Underground Railroad. Right. So it is, it's, it's a picture book. Again, yep. something for young kids to be yeah. like, oh, there was a time when people, in order to survive, survive, people had to do something as crazy as what is depicted in the book. Right. So those are my two picks. Um, again, I don't want to censor history. I think no. kids should learn about history. I think parents and teachers should have the patience and knowledge and aspirations to teach to to help kid like kids learn about this stuff right even though it's heavy and it's uncomfortable yep. so we learn from it absolutely so that's roll of thunder hear my cry by mildred d taylor and henry's freedom box a true story from the underground railroad by ellen levine and kadir nelson okay so i'm gonna piggyback off of your little bit of racism not that we no, i'm i shouldn't say that because i don't necessarily think this was pulled because it was racist in any way but um anyway so my book is the great bear by of course one of our favorites david a robertson celebrated um cree indigenous author two-time general governor general award winner um so the great bear was pulled from durham district school board's shelves in their schools in april of 2022 so like a year ago um the book itself is a prequel to the barren grounds um which of course i love the barren grounds um but that being said it can definitely be read as a uh, standalone it's a second book in the misawa saga and there is a third as well uh stone child and it is being developed into a television series for cbc the misawa saga so there you go um so the book we revisit eli and morgan again this time they're still with their great foster parents they're in a happy stable supportive environment but they're struggling with bullying they're struggling with issues from their past family issues so morgan and eli take their portal go back to misuwa but this time they go back in time so it's like it's a prequel to the barren grounds which is great it's a great book i love this book so um durham district school board though pulled it they the state my i I went on our our databases and found the articles from toronto star last year from april 16th of 2022 and um what's a database (laughs) <laughs> exactly <laughs> but so this and at the time the star had obtained an email that was sent from the school principal sent to school principals by the board saying the book does not align with recently updated ddsb indigenous education policy and procedures so the book got pulled and i mean that if you think back to a year ago if you follow anything with book related then you'll know this was like a really really big deal in the book world because um it's a great book so there's definitely i mean is there 
Is there a little bit of hardships in it? Sure. Um, but like, again, like we said, the, the truth can be hard. And I don't think that Robertson presents it in a way that is meant to be offensive or anything. He just, he's just telling, he's just telling indigenous stories for indigenous families, indigenous youth, and for anyone to read really. So, um, yeah. And it's funny because like he was asked and he just said, you know, he felt that the school administrators were just being overprotective. And he said, this is quote, what I find is that the kids are ready, but the adults aren't, he said. So anyhow, a couple weeks later, book got put back on the shelves. So there you go. Um, they said that the, the school board decided that they needed to provide Indigenous students in particular um, the, the, the option of choice of what to, to pick, what to read. So there you go. Um, and like David Robertson said, my books are written for Indigenous youth and families. So yeah, The Great Bear by the great David A. Robertson. It's a great book. If you're yeah. listening, David, do you I want know. to come to the library and do, I know. do an event with us? Seriously, he was just in Toronto last week, so I'd love to have anyway. him. Yeah, but I I love that word choice. Choice, yes. Like that's a good I one. Know. That's a good one. It's a great word. It's a great great word. So, so and that's what you know, working in a public library for so long. Mm -hmm. That's part of you know my advocacy for public libraries is yeah. we, we give people the, the choice. choice. Lots of choices. Lot. Lots and lots and lots of choices on what they can put get their hands on. So, and like yeah. we said from the start, you don't have to read these books. Yeah. You know, that's part of intellectual freedom. But you are right. also free to choose any yeah. of these books or other books. Because we have, like, this, this list of banned books is long. Oh, absolutely. And, and it, always growing. So what so, are some of the what are some of the other challenges that we've we we learned in our research that some of them are a little comical? Oh yeah, like Hop on Pop. Hop on Pop was challenged by a Toronto father because he felt that it pre um, presented like giving children the right to be violent against fathers. Right. But I mean, have you read the book? It's but, like the the dad says, "Stop! You must not hop on pop." So there's a teach there's a teach there's a teachable moment in it. So yeah. Well, yeah. I think there's going to be some silliness. There mm. was I stumbled on Harriet the Spy. Right. Because this one always makes me laugh. Like if a kid ever acts in a bad way, like kids if they bad. if kids they aren't bad. if they if a if a kid in a book lies or does some does something a little unsavory, mm. oh, they can't read it because my kid's going to read that and then they're going to they're going to act the same way. Right. So Harriet the Spy, I think she's a little mischievous. mischievous. Yeah, but if you finish the book, then you know. I know. That's the thing. So what, what's that one quote that you got from Alex Gino that you said, though? So this is a really great thing, too. Oh, this one gives me chills. How are, like, things are evolved You know why? I think Alex Gino should publish a book of their quotes because I keep finding stuff yeah. that they say, and I'm just in awe. Anyway, I found this recently, and mm. this is author, obviously, Alex Gino. My book would not have been banned 20 years ago because my book wouldn't have existed. Exactly. So we're like, look, doesn't that we're evolving? Chills? We are evolving. And yep. I love the fact that we're making these strides. Like this, yep. this content is out there and your kids, yourself, your students, mm -hmm. they, they have this choice to, yep. For to sure. investigate. We need these own voices Mm -hmm. books because we need people to share their experiences because there's not one experience. No, definitely not. In life. Yep. So yeah. I hope people 
found something they want to check yeah. out. I'm trying to think of something else. Um, uh, oh, Alan Schwartz's scary stories, mm. trying to ban those stories because right. they're too scary. Well, if you don't like horror, no one's forcing you to watch horror movies. No, exactly. So you don't have to read a scary book. Yep. And The Talking Animals is another one. Like oh, Charlotte's Web. Yeah. Charlotte's Web and Alice in Wonderland. Not I'm reading Charlotte's Web. Animals are supposed, books are supposed to... It's your imagination. I know. Absolutely. So those are just a few selections of banned books and books that are constantly challenged. So check those out. We hope you celebrate, or however you celebrate Freedom to Read Week. Always know that it's in February, the third week of February. Yep. And um, yeah, Yeah. until next time. Thanks. Okay. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. We hope we've introduced you to some new authors and children's titles. All of the books discussed in this episode are available in print and digital format on either Libby or Hoopla. Please visit brantfordlibrary.ca for more information about this podcast and other great programs. Juicebox Book Talks is edited by us with music courtesy of purple-planet.com.